we're off to the races. <laughs> Coming in hot and fast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about two horror movies that center around all-female expeditions into truly terrible territories, The Descent and Annihilation. But first, let's catch up. So what's been up? What have you been liking recently? Um, At first, I was like, I think I have consumed nothing new or interesting in the past two weeks, but I definitely have. Um, so I work at a contemporary arts museum for my day job and I recently watched the movie on Netflix, Velvet Buzzsaw, which is a satire horror slash supernatural movie about the contemporary art world. Um, it has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It was very campy and it could have been more campy and I think it would have actually been better, but I really enjoyed it. Thought it was a lot of fun. Jake Gyllenhaal is just chewing up the scenery in that one. Um, and if you know anything about contemporary art or in any way adjacent to that world, you will enjoy it. Um, and I've also started watching Great News on Netflix, which is um, a Tina Fey produced show. And it just basically, like all of Tina Fey things, feels like 30 Rock. So I'm able to kind of like go brain dead and watch it. Not that you need to be brain dead to watch Tina Fey, but it just feels comforting and familiar <laughs> and like I don't really have to pay attention. Yeah. So I endorse it. And I'm also reading this great book of short stories. Um, which got a ton of acclaim last year, Florida by Lauren Groff. Here's a fun fact. I have told numerous people that the author of this book, Laura Groff, is related to Jonathan Groff, the star of Mindhunter, because if you Google... Okay, first of all, they have the same last name, so you can see where I would get confused. Yes. <laughs> and if you Google them, they have the same like square blonde head. And so I swear to God, I read it somewhere, and then I just <laughs> believed it, and I've told many people that. And I started like seriously googling it the other day like i went as far as to go on her twitter search her twitter my brother mine hunter <laughs> jonathan they are not related that i can tell That's at all so funny um, it's funny but uh yeah i i, I yeah yeah good recommendation so Thank you like you. it i like it a lot yeah it's really really good it's a, and it, obama loved it so if you don't oh. believe me believe the former president of the united states of america <laughs> what about you uh. Um, I l- I like Lauren Groff. I read Fates and Furies. Okay, I read Fates and Furies right before this one. Oh, I like that. It's like Gone Girl, but different. It's sort of my one complaint about it was mm-hmm. that it's so hard. Um, and I felt this way actually about Velvet Buzzsaw too. Kind of an interesting through line when there's a book or a movie or a TV show, and part of there's like art within art. You know, like mm-hmm. in Fates and Furies, one of the characters is a um, a playwright. Mm-hmm. And in Velvet Buzzsaw, it's all about, like, art. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, they've discovered this unknown artist. And I felt like his plays were not good. And in the in the book, the book, everyone's like, he's so amazing. He's a genius. And then they would have an excerpt from his play, and you were like, oh, this isn't great. And in yeah. Velvet Buzzsaw, the artist they discover, everyone's, like, crapping themselves. And then they show the art, and it's like, really? This is so unbelievable. So... <laughs> very hard to pull that off that's interesting yeah i would like i haven't i don't remember the plays at all from fates and furies so yeah it wouldn't be surprising to me that i thought they were bad because mm-hmm. they're definitely forgettable <laughs> yeah or it's kind of like how in gilmore girls where it's like is rory actually good at journalism 
because every time right. we, we hear about Rory being like her ideas sound terrible. <laughs> so is she supposed to be actually good or not? <laughs> True. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what about you? What have you been enjoying? <sighs> so there are like two sides to this coin of what I've been consuming because there's the truth okay, of like, what I really mm. am enjoying and want to talk about. And then there's the probably more interesting. <laughs> I think our listeners deserve the truth, Mackenzie. Lay it <laughs> well, on the line. So <laughs> I've, I've just been, I started rewatching One Piece with Ian <laughs> And not like, so I watched like the first 200, there's like almost 100 episodes of this show. It's an anime. Oh my God. And it's been going on forever. And I've watched like the first 200 like twice because I'm always trying to like catch up to Mm -hmm. it because it's like my brother's favorite show. So that's the reason why we're watching it. But it's like been really cute to watch. It's only, animes are only like 20 up. 20 minutes so it's nice to like throw on while we're eating dinner and stuff and it's been really cute and heartwarming so that's one thing (laughs) um and then there's a new korean drama on netflix called romance is a bonus book that's such a cute name and it's episodes are new episodes are weekly which came it was a shock to me when I finished like the fourth one and it stopped and I was like crushed. <laughs> um, but then two more came out like immediately. So, but <clears throat> it's about a, it's like two best friends that have been best friends since childhood. And then they like end up falling in love eventually. Into but, it. Always into yeah, the plot line. That's, that's literally every Korean drama. So. I feel like I stopped watching Korean dramas for a little while because I didn't have, some are too sad and just like, I don't want that. I want like lighthearted, heavy on the romance, jokes, you know, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And this is like hitting that. So yeah. Very nice. I saw that you also have the runaways. Do you mean the Hulu show? Yes. I, I, yeah. You got to read the graphic or mean the comics. Yeah. They're really good. I should, yes. I, I mean, I love Brian show. K. Vaughn, so. Yeah, The show is, like, not great, but it is, like, pretty trashy, so I like it because I just have, like, accepted its badness. That's, and yeah. now I enjoy it. Make peace. The first season is better than the second, gotta say, but. And Russian Doll. I watched Russian Doll. Fuck, it's very I have good. to watch it. I have to watch it. It's, it's really good, but did it bring me joy like the Korean drama? No. No, so, so be honest. Yes. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Oh my god. No, it's a, okay. It's it's amazing. Um, this is so a segment we'll sandbox. call sandbox. It's uh, updates on the, the Dune ad- adaptation by Dennis Villeneuve, and all I have to say is I think Zendaya was cast as uh, Chani, which cool. I'm good for her. I remember Amina on Call Your Girlfriend used to talk all the time about how Zendaya must have a really great PR person because for a while she was like ubiquitous without ever having been in a movie or like anything. She was just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're she right. made it into, like, Lemonade. Yeah. So. And it, she was on, um, she was, like, on one Disney Channel yeah. show. But then we all just, like, knew her and loved her. And then she was Mary Jane. And she's great. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did I say I uh, saw Into the Spider-Verse? Have you seen it? 
Yes. Really cute. Really cute. Oh my gosh. Enjoyed it. Even though I did feel like an old. We went on a Saturday and our showing was mostly children. And I don't know why that should be a surprise to me, but I was like, (laughs) there's a lot of kids in here. (laughs) That's funny. That's Today I was like. Ian was talking about Post Malone for some reason. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard any of his music. And he was like, we, I like cracked up the first second of Spider-Verse where he's like singing badly along to that song. Is that a Post Malone song? And it's a Post Malone song. Oh, get out. And, uh, and Is that Ian his like, voice? That, I don't know. It's like a dual. Okay. It's like him and someone else. So I feel like it might have been someone, the other person. Yeah. Th- but I don't know because I the main thing i know about post malone is that he went on before beyonce at coachella and he went overtime so i stayed up to like two o'clock in the morning to watch beyonce's live stream and it was like i was so fucking done watching his stupid face i the only thing i know about post malone besides the spider-verse thing is that i follow the person who embroiders his suits on wow that's Instagram. really cool what a cool connection big big fan Mackenzie, of uh, that could be you one day you could make it into suits. uh uh famous uh rappers embroidery actually cardi yeah. b let's let's say let's put that yeah. on your vision board embroider something for cardi Although b recently day. i've been like i should quit embroidery so well we're gonna see. talk about that off mic and <laughs> i'm gonna convince you otherwise all right um so i guess I guess I'd like to, before we talk about the two movies, um, kind of introduce something we want to like keep in mind as we're discussing it. We've picked two movies that um, their connection, other than that they're horror movies, they're horror movies about all women expeditions. Um, so the cast for both of these movies are uh, almost entirely made up of women. And surprisingly, uh, not very, uh, not any women or not, I'm sorry, not not a significant amount of women involved in the production of these movies, which was yeah. uh, Annihilation of the Descent. So I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll just keep that in mind as we go forth with our discussion. If you have ever wanted to go spelunking in a cave, the 2006 movie The Descent will change your mind. The Descent follows two downward spirals into darkness. Heroine Sarah's grief after a car accident kills her young daughter and husband, and a spelunking adventure undertaken by Sarah and her group of friends that goes horribly wrong. The group of thrill seekers must find their way out of an uncharted cave system while fighting against an ancient species of cave dwellers. And I don't think they packed any snacks. (laughs) I don't think they packed any snacks for real, though, because, like, I know they don't really have time to eat (laughs) while we watch them in this movie, but, um... Yeah, I wondered about that a lot. They were yeah, because, well, they also, like, start off with all these huge backpacks, and then, like, oh, yeah. slowly it trickles down to, like, no backpacks. No so. backpacks. Yeah, gotta let that go. That's interesting. Um, Mackenzie, was this your first time watching The Descent? <laughs> no, it was my second time. And I had a completely different read this Me time. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? So, you the first time, uh, I, I liked the movies both times a lot. And I think they're it, the movies, the movie. <laughs> I liked the movie both times I saw it. Mm-hmm. And um, probably more the second time. And it's also like extremely terrifying and the horror just like holds up. It's so yes. scary, even though I know it's happening and it's just like mm-hmm. terrifying. And we could talk more about that later. But um, I so when I first saw this movie, the Juno character, I guess I'll like recap what Mm -hmm. happens with her so spoilers ahead obviously but um juno is like the leader of the thrill seekers she's like the thrill seeker basically Mm -hmm. 
Um, and she plans this trip to a cave and she lies to everyone and tells them it's a like well-known, uh, well-traversed cave. But then it is revealed once everyone is in the cave <laughs> and a earthquake thing traps them in the cave that Juno lied to them and it is a cave that has never been explored ever before. So when I first watched this movie like years ago, I hated Juno Mm -hmm. because it is also revealed that she had an affair with the husband that died. The main character's husband, yeah. The main character's husband that died. So that's another reason that I didn't like her. But Upon watching it this time, and I'm surprised because Ian was like, you shouldn't hate Juno. Like, I think it's bad that you don't like her. And I was like, what? She lies to all of them. And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? Actually, Juno's all right. And, you know, at the end, Sarah's just as bad as her. Yeah. for Oh, for real. Like, I, I, I guess we can get into this. But, like, mm-hmm. do you think that Juno getting stabbed and left for dead was an appropriate punishment? No. She did lead her friend. I mean, she had no way of knowing about the crawlers that lived in the cave. Yes. But if we are judging her on the crime of uh, poorly planning a vacation mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and withhold uh, forgetting a map, which I, you know, I forget things all the time. Um, well, well, she didn't forget a map. There was no map. There was no map. Because it's never been explored. Yeah. I mean, if you're judging it off of that, like, because she clearly did not intend or know that these creepy crawly humanoids lived in the cave mm-hmm. then i i don't know i don't think she did deserve to be stabbed and left for dead Mm-mm. no i don't think so either she definitely didn't and i think you know i think the film didn't want us to feel like it was deserved she did seem like a real person which is something that i don't think annihilation does at all but we'll talk more about that later yeah but yeah yeah. she seemed like believable and it seemed like she was like flawed so i I had like conflicting feelings about her like i was super mad that she lied to everyone but i also Mm -hmm. like saw that she was like trying and had like good somewhat good intentions upon her actions and i mean i don't think like who am I like maybe I would have acted the same I would have never lied to my friends about going in a weird cave but how about the affair Mackenzie you know that's fucked up but she doesn't deserve to be stabbed and left for dead no 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 <laughs> not at all and um yeah I I totally agree with what you were saying about um they seem more like real people um than like the crew and annihilation mm-hmm. in comparison. And I was reading a lot of reviews that kind of commented on how quickly this movie gets to the action, but like still takes a little bit of care in the beginning to establish the friend group. Um, you know, like you don't get totally fleshed out of characters of all of the women mm-hmm. kind of the most definable are um, most defined, I guess are Juno who's like the ringleader, mm-hmm. Sarah, whose husband and daughter die. And she's kind of like, deep in her grief a year later when the events of the movie take place. Then there's this really sweet friend named Beth who uh, I loved her relationship with Sarah. I loved when Sarah gets stuck in the hole Mm -hmm. or like the crawl space. Mm -hmm. And Beth is like, why are you like freaking out? Why are you scared? Like the worst thing in the world has already happened to you, which I think is like an awesome, really great thing to to say to not only someone who's grieving, Mm -hmm. but like a friend. uh, I love that line. And I love, I love that. I thought that was great. And I thought that like, 
tied into like the general theme really poignantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other ones all kind of blur together for me. <laughs> the, all the other women, except for like the spiky haired yeah. girl who's like dies first. Yeah, Juno's like a uh, protege. Yeah. Um, and then there's all- like a now there's there's like a there's two sisters. That one okay, is younger. I read- uh-huh. who's like studying to be a doctor and then the other one is like also scottish i think sarah yeah, scottish I read a, yeah i read a review that was like there was a mother-daughter pair and i was like this is wrong yeah. it's definitely not a mother-daughter no. pair it's a sister like why would they have a mom like uh, when do you think women procreate like uh, i love when she like, had her out of the womb. i read a review and it's like someone just didn't someone just missed watched. it like completely yeah yeah yeah. they just did not yeah, watch the movie exactly um i remember i first watched this movie in a basement um, with my sister and my boyfriend like four years ago and it scared the bejesus out of it's me so like all i remember is jenny and i were like rolling around on the floor like screaming <laughs> unable to really watch or meaningfully pay attention yeah. it was definitely less scary this time around i think because now i'm only really scared of like home invasions and psychological <laughs> horror <laughs> you know and like demons well i um, guess what i think was scarier this time around was mm-hmm. the just being like the claustrophobia of it like, yeah the claustrophobia is very yeah scary. that was the scariest part for sure like i was much more frightened in the beginning when they're like just being trapped in the cave and like yeah when sarah like the tunnel collapses all that stuff was way scarier to me than like the crawlers stuff which is just Mm -hmm. like golem on steroids but garnish yeah yeah it's just like extra horror garnish because it could have been a very scary movie just about a group of explorers who get trapped in a cave and kind of like turn on each other um yeah what did you think of the the crawler design uh they're very terrifying they did look like gollum though <laughs> they did look like gollum except ripped like yeah. i don't know if you noticed but in one scene where he's like crawling over one of the women mm-hmm. he has some big old muscles <laughs> on him which brings me to a note i made in our shared doc mm-hmm. why don't we see more crawler dicks yeah uh and then i thought about that some more and i was like i guess it would have been inappropriate to show a dick uh i mean even incidentally maybe not I mean, we see but, boobs um, we see crawler boobs yeah. Yeah, okay. When did we see crawler boobs? Because I was reading that some some of the crawlers were female yeah. and I was like I don't One of them uh is it one that Sarah kills? Yeah, Sarah kills. It's like the first one that she kills. Well, no, it's not. Sarah kills one of them and then her like mm-hmm. the one that she kills mate like comes out and like sees that she killed him uh... and like goes after her and that's when Sarah goes into the blood pool. Yeah. And then Oh, okay. And then she drowns her, I think, in the pool of blood or something. Yeah. Fuck. That's a great sequence. Yeah. Something I really liked about this movie a lot is the believability of these women being physically strong yeah. and powerful is like totally cuz they're they're explorers. Yeah. Like they're all these like thrill junkies mm-hmm. who it's totally believable thinking that they're women who work out and mm-hmm. like are strong and capable. Mm-hmm. Um, we both read this article in Den of Geek called The Descent Redefined Women in Horror Movies, which I don't know about that, but <laughs> um, I like this point the writer makes and we can link to it in our show notes. Um, it is important even now in 2016 to demystify our perceptions of women in the horror genre. Marshall's asserting of Juno's physicality early in the film is the strategy few directors employ for women in the horror or sci-fi genre. 
Ripley in 1979 and Vasquez in Aliens appear un- unaltered by preconceived notions of female sexuality, impressing audiences instead by their commanding presence in a room full of men or their ability to do push-ups, sorry, pull-ups ad nauseum while their male cohorts cheer them on. We're used to women crumbling under the psychological or physical pressures imposed on them in horror movies, or perhaps even more disturbingly embracing the trauma forced upon them, like Rosemary's tender moment with her satanic son in the final minutes, minutes of Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. And I thought that was a great point yeah. that these women are like athletes, yeah. you know, and they're like, like strong. And when Sarah goes to town freaking out and killing a bunch yeah. of crawlers you believe it not only because she's like fit and mm-hmm. strong but also because she's like an unhinged woman who is yeah you know has her back up against the wall yeah and just she juno really is like tomb raider like lara croft yeah and i is. i made that comment to ian before they mentioned it in the movie i was like oh yeah, yeah i was yeah. like shit this is like i didn't they're know like lara croft <laughs> right here yeah it was crazy yeah juno is like when you watch Juno fight too, you're like you feel like you're on like you're cheering her on like she's an action. Like, yeah, hero, exactly. Even though she's this morally dubious character yeah. as well. But then Sarah just speak Sarah so Sarah stabs her at the end and leaves her for dead. So it's like Sarah also becomes that. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, man, that scene when so Juno accident I forgot adding this to Juno's <laughs> list of things she yeah. does. <laughs> accidentally kills Beth, yeah. which like totally was an accident. Yeah. Accidentally stabs Beth in the throat and then kind of just leaves Beth to mm-hmm. die and tells the rest of the group that Beth died. Yeah. Um probably because she's traumatized from killing right. her friend. But Sarah stumbles across Beth and Beth tells Sarah about the affair. And when Sarah next sees Juno after they kill a bunch of crawlers, she's like, When you saw Beth, she was dead already, right? Or something. And Juno's like, Yes. <laughs> and then Sarah walks away and then like, stabs her in the leg. <laughs> And it's a really well acted scene. It is. Um, yeah. It's like really tense because you know, like Sarah expects Juno to lie yeah. to her. And it's like, oh, yeah. And she looks like Carrie this whole time. Sarah. Yeah, she does. She looks so cool yeah. and very pretty with the red blood. Yeah, on her, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, um, it is an interesting movie um, about like Sarah's grief too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I paid much attention to this the first time I watched it, but in the very beginning of the film, Sarah is in the hospital after her the car accident that kills her husband and her daughter and she's running through the hallways and lights are turning off behind her and basically like putting her in a cave Mm -hmm. in the hallway Mm -hmm. you know like she's already in the Mm -hmm. cave um and i read fuck i can't remember where i read this oh maybe it's in the um scott tobias review uh on the av club but he's like sarah has been in the cave for a year and her friends join her later yeah it's like fuck wow yeah heavy i i mean i think upon like a second rewatch and watching it with like the thought of oh i have to talk about this (laughs) yeah (laughs) critically or like uh with like thinking about it i just like it is a lot there's a lot more to it i think than just a horror i don't know not just a horror movie but like just like a slasher just like a yeah you can't like really classify it into one thing i agree and we we both read this review in in jezebel um that was i think they just included this aside that mentioned someone thought the descent was misogynistic because the women are killed at apparently in uh order of their masculinity and their bodies are horrifically mauled but i didn't find the mauling of their bodies uh exploitive like you've seen in some movies 
their bodies weren't treated as like sex objects at all. Like again, like we were saying, like Juno in the beginning of the movie is like stretching and running and it's like about her as an athlete, you know? And I was really impressed by that, especially given that this movie was written and directed by Neil Marshall. Yeah. I, I, that, uh, like comment, but, so in the Jezebel article, the Mm -hmm. author is like, I love this movie until I watched it with a dude. And he was like, it's pretty misogynistic. I thought you were a feminist. Why do you like this movie? And I was like, fuck Uh, off because like, why? So I'm not allowed to like it because I'm a feminist, but you can like it because you're like not. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, like we don't have a lot. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. And plus, like, I don't think, well, these women die in order of masculinity that just not doesn't make sense not at, at all. all that's because that, because comment. there's uh, first of all there's only really like one woman that is not traditionally feminine yeah. the like friend of juno's mm-hmm. and she dies immediately mm-hmm. but like i don't think that's because she's like a man yeah me neither uh, it's just because she like i feel she's like a minor character yeah almost. and she's yeah. like what the one person that's not already friends with everyone exactly exactly um I, I did think this was interesting. Um, apparently, the filmmakers originally planned for the cast to be both male and female, but Neil Marshall's business partner realized that horror films rarely have all-female casts. Ooh, very, very wise. <laughs> um, defying convention, Marshall cast all women, and to avoid making them cliched, he solicited basic advice from his female friends. He explained the difference. The women discussed how they feel about the situation, which the soldiers and dog soldiers, his last movie, would never have done. Um, he also gave the characters, characters different accents to enable the audience to tell them apart. LOL. Which is hilarious. <laughs> like, what the it's, fuck? It is pretty funny. Well, it was like a dark movie. So I guess, helpful, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I I was like, wow, he did the very least he could, which is like, ask women, is this realistic? Like, what what is going on? <laughs> um, but I did feel like they, they don't really fall into any like dumb tropes or stereotypes um, and that they're believable to me. And that whoever he spoke to probably set him on a right path. Um, And I I was saying to Tim last night, I was like, they do like talk about how they feel, which is, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, which is probably like, I don't know, but do men really not do that? If they were like stuck in a cave, would they really not be like, I'm freaked out? I'm freaked (laughs) out. (laughs) No, Mackenzie, they wouldn't. Um, And... The fucked up thing I want to say about that, uh, maybe we'll get to when we do our one star ratings. But um, yeah, I, I really liked this movie and I enjoyed watching it. I didn't think I'd ever want to rewatch it because it scared me so much the first mm-hmm. time I saw it. Um, and did you know it had two different endings? Yes. Well, or it has two as a UK and a US ending? I knew. I did know, but I forget when I found out. So. Mm-hmm. But so this ending, the ending we both watched, I presume, is Sarah gets out of the cave. She's after she stabs Juno, she makes it up out of the cave, runs to her their car and is driving and then has like a hallucination of Juno next to her in the seat and the movie ends, which I think is a good ending. But there's also an ending where it turns out she was hallucinating that whole sequence and she's stuck in the cave. Oh, I saw that one. I'm happy. You saw that yeah, one? What, where did you? Oh, I saw the one where she's in the car. and the, it Oh, ends. no, I've never seen that one. Like I've, I like that one better. I think she deserves to get. Out I of the don't. Cave. I like that she stays in it because she's just like. I mean, I think that they all deserve to get out of the cave, but if none of them can, I like that she's stuck there after stabbing Juno. That's true. Um, and I like that in the second movie, I, which I haven't watched, yeah, but apparently Juno survives. I. Yes, 
and they in the cave hunting. I, yeah, I don't know. But I kind of want to watch the second one after my newfound uh, adoration of Juno. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, I will say that I remember this is a tie-in with our next movie. The I read an article after watching Ex Machina by Alex Garland, the director mm-hmm. of um, Annihilation, talking about like the negative tropes that Asian women often kind of come to play in cinema. And there's kind of like this seductress, or I think they call it like, um, fuck, I'm sorry, I should have looked this up beforehand, like the dragon woman, mm-hmm. you know, who's like this super sexy Asian woman who will seduce your boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a kind of like this harmful fetishization um, of Asian w- women. And I I did kind of sense that a very, like a small, small mm-hmm. bit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say that this cast, this cast of characters could have been way more diverse. Oh, yeah. Like Juno's Asian American and everyone else is blonde and a white woman. <laughs> yeah. So if he, if uh, the director wanted us to be able to tell the characters apart a little bit easier in the cave, maybe he should have cast not five blonde white yeah. women. <laughs> God damn it. As a starter. Yeah. Yes. Agree. Um, I'm rolling my eyes. So you may- can't see that. Yeah. But. She, you can't see it, but I can continue. <laughs> um, both of these movies honestly were the most painful experience i have had yet going through their one-star reviews i these are bad these are so bad and like (sighs) the thing that really gets me about them is in both of these movies we're talking about today men left comments like these dumb girls made the wrong decision at every turn uh and it's like, do you understand like plot at all? <laughs> like, if if people made the right decisions in movies, there wouldn't be a fucking movie to watch ever. Like, what kind of movie? If you could write a movie, sir, would it just be like Joe is very good at his job? <laughs> he excels every day at his job, being a man. Oh my god! At work, I don't know. <sighs> Made me so mad. Yeah, it do is raining. Wanna, do you want to? Yeah, read? I could read. So yeah, um, this first one star review for The Descent says. If the poster is the same as the UK one, then don't be fooled into thinking that any of the women are hot. They aren't. It's populated by miserable 30-somethings who think going down a big cave is a good way of getting over a tragic event. End quote. Imagine that man waking, like, seeing this movie and being like, I have something to say. Like, I need to express myself on the internet about this movie, The Descent. I urgently have to write this How down. How dare he, like... He's like so insulted that none of them are hot. First of all, they, they are hot. And second of all, like he says like 30 somethings, like they're ancient. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the second review we pulled is I felt no empathy toward any of them. What a bunch of losers. I can think of some pretty bad movies that I've seen, but this one might just take the cake. Six tough talking women turned to a bunch of crybaby little girls. A couple looked real tough at the end, but you knew that was the most fictional part of the story. Anyone who thinks this movie is anything other than just plain bad is an idiot. Fuck you. (laughs) It's like, I wonder how, I wonder like if he would cry if he was faced in that situation. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe I forgot to include this one review where this guy talked about how you should take pity on the crawlers. What? Oh my God. It was insane. It was insane. It was like, they seem largely peaceful. Like they're just have been living down in the cave. It was, oh my God. I can't believe I forgot. Oh my God. I feel almost like we are embarking on like a research study of uh, male reviewers online for horror movies because so many of them have fallen into the category of 
I just wanted them, the female characters it's to crazy. die. It's crazy. Yeah, there is definitely like a through line. And like all sympathizing with the killer or in this case, yes. like monster, <laughs> literal monsters. monsters. What the yeah, fuck? and then like their enjoyment of the movie being predicated on the hotness of the female characters. Yeah, that's another through surprising. line. Jesus Christ. I can't believe this. Stay off the internet, men. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about Annihilation? Yes. Oh, you have to read it. We have oh, to read it. Geez. Okay. God damn. <laughs> we remembered though. This is good. Yeah, we remembered. Um. So my final review for The Descent is an eight. Dun, 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 dun. An eight. You know what? I'm gonna go with a seven. Okay. Uh, but I really loved it, and I had a great time watching it again, yeah. and would recommend it. To a friend. It's like it's just so fucking scary. Like it's the type of movie so that it makes your body sore because you're so like tense, like clenched. Yeah. And you know what? It was a great. It was a good length. It was like an hour yeah. and thirty minutes. I appreciated mm-hmm. that and like was just really good about how it executed itself in that amount. Of yes. Time. Yes, agree. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, let's see if we feel differently. (laughs) So the next film we're talking about is Annihilation. Based on Jeff Vandermeer's novel of the same name, Annihilation is a 2018 movie about an expedition of scientists who venture into a mysterious ecological phenomenon known as the Shimmer. Their mission is to better understand the strange environmental and biological changes, but Natalie Portman's character, Lena, also aims to discover what happened to her husband, who is the only surviving member of any Shimmer Expedition party. So what were your thoughts? So this movie came out just last year. Yes. um, And I feel like had a really bad ad campaign. You know, like, I didn't hear about it very much at all, and then it was, like, out, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think if it had been promoted differently could have been like an oscar contender uh in different aspects Mm -hmm. or just like i don't know i just felt like they were off on the marketing for this movie i feel the op i feel differently i feel like i i the marketing was kind of like strong and almost made me feel like it was gonna be the next Mm -hmm. like arrival which i really loved oh loved um but i didn't but I wasn't, like, super hyped on it, especially after the reviews came out and the reviews were like, this is fine. Like, it was just okay. And so I was like, eh, I can, like, let it wait. But I do like sci-fi stuff, so I was, like, it was always, like, in the back of my mind mm-hmm. to watch, but I didn't get to it until, like, last month. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was, like, wasn't it, like, released on Netflix in the UK, like, immediately oh, or yeah, something? yeah, apparently. I was reading Weird. about that and confused because I thought it was, like, U.S. Netflix. And I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird that Netflix in different countries I know. get different things. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it makes sense, but weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this movie has um, quite an impressive cast. Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, uh, Tuva Novotnoy and I definitely did not pronounce that name correctly and Oscar Isaac um, but we should note that this movie had some controversy about whitewashing Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee's characters who in the books the second book of this trilogy were revealed to be um, of mixed race uh, a Cre- Korean and Native American respectively um, so 
people were rightfully pretty upset that um, they cast two white women as these characters, especially when mm-hmm. there's so much great undiscovered talent um, mm-hmm. in those communities. Uh, yeah, and like I think some people defended it because like Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson are women of color. But it's like, guess what? You could still have more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, it's not like you fill so, a quota and then you're yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. I was, what, that's so stupid. And I feel like the, oh, I guess, what, what's the director's name again? Alex Garland? Uh, yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, I just like didn't know. Like I made the movie yeah. before I read the second book or whatever. And it's like, I feel like I just said how like some movie reviews feel sound like the person didn't watch the yes. movie or, i feel like that guy just like just didn't read the book like yeah well apparently <laughs> he's been quoted as saying like he only read the first book once like once and what? then was like i'm just gonna adapt it like it's a dream of the book which by the way i read the book i read the first oh. book and my thoughts about the movie are generally more positive because i did not like the book oh dang yeah good to I know mean, the book just to briefly talk about it <laughs> The book is so undescriptive and flat that so all of the colorful creatures and scenery you see in the movie mm-hmm. is not described in the book. Natalie Portman's character, the biologist Lena, it's like her diary. She will write, and then something happened that was so strange, I cannot explain it. And that will be it. I'm not <laughs> oh kidding. And that God. will be it. <laughs> So yeah, I read the book and um, all of the beautiful description, I mean, all of the beautiful imagery and scenery and uh, kind of mutated creatures are not in the book. They are not even described. Natalie Portman's character, the biologist, it's like her diary and she will, she will literally write and then something happened that was so strange, I can't describe it. Like all of the time she'll be like, I can't describe what happened next. And it's like, this is a book. Guess what? Your one job is to describe it. <laughs> Oh my god. It was so frustrating. It sounds so lazy. <laughs> it was lazy and I also felt like okay, so you made a book slash movie with an all woman cast of characters mm-hmm. and I'm of two minds about it because on one hand I'm like their gender really shouldn't inform their characters at all because like I don't go around every day and be like I am like a woman mm-hmm. and that's why I like this and that's why I do that and that. But on the other hand, like yeah, like my gender does inform my like person hood mm-hmm. and um how i interact with the world and i feel like this movie doesn't quite get that i feel like the cave i mean the, the descent does a better job I, yes well i think yeah. so i agree but i think that it's a symptom of them they're defined by one trait and that's it it's yes. like they're all yes. the one character literally go like defines all of them in one sentence and it's like oh she like cuts herself my daughter died like she has cancer what like goes through everyone and it's like okay that's the only thing we know about anyone and the lines like the writing the dialogue is so like horrible i feel like it's not great yeah it's not great and so i think that as far as being defined by being women i feel like they do try to do that, but I think that it falls mm. short just characterizing them at all. Like, And I think that if we're tying it back into the descent, one of the characteristics that I th- guess mm. you could say is like 
unique to uh, maybe like a woman's story, which is also like kind of mm. fucked up, is that both yeah. main characters, uh, Sarah in The Descent and Lena in Annihilation, mm-hmm. are mainly characterized by mourning their like dead yes, or missing that's true. husbands. Partner. Yeah. And so yeah that's a really good point yeah i guess i guess that's one thing what else oh and like i guess like what tuva's character like she's like mourning her daughter i feel like that's something that's like i don't know kind of a cliche i guess like and even the thing about tessa thompson's character about like how she like cuts herself i feel like that wouldn't have been assigned to a male character necessarily no so I feel like they tried, but I think that they just had no depth to them. And yes. they all came off as almost like laughable. Like like Gina Tom Gina like, Rodriguez yeah. is just like cartoony. Yes, almost, it's true. As like the badass lesbian um paramedic. Mm-hmm. Uh and in the book actually they don't even get names. They're just described by their occupation. That's so it's like the biologist, the psychologist. Dang. So like he was on the same wavelength. <laughs> like we don't need to really flesh these women out. Oh my um my man Richard Brody of the New Yorker <laughs> who I have been wanting to start a tribute Twitter to him. No one take that idea. I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh where I just <laughs> Anyway, uh it's still a work in progress. Uh he did not like this movie. He hated it. He made fun of it a lot in his review. He pointed out, uh, he said, besides Lena, the women are given no inner life whatsoever with the exception of one point of suffering each. One used to cut herself, another is a recovering drug addict, one lost a child. And these troubles render each, as one of them says, quote, damaged goods, as if these troubles suffice to spur them into a virtual suicide mission. The notion is both trivializing of their troubles and of their mission and also essentially offensive. Yeah. And I agree with that because it's kind of like, they're all like, oh, we're just like fucked up. Like, who cares? We're gonna go into the shimmer and blah 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 yeah also yeah do you feel do you like natalie portman's performance in this it's fine like the, all of their it's performances fine. are it's just serviceable fine. like even like like the only one that i actually like is uh jennifer jason lee just because she's so me too like, monotone and just, like she kind of is the only one with like a real character yeah. she's like a cranky nihilistic psychologist um in the later books it's it's revealed that she's actually in charge of the entire operation like she's the head of the um mm. the whole thing i assumed that, um, though, the, like yeah in this movie. i <laughs> i liked her performance a lot yeah she was unsettling yeah uh, too yeah. like really unsettling yeah and kind of an unusual character to see as a woman mm-hmm. what did you think of that bear scene though that was pretty tense that was cool i liked the design of the bear the design is really mm. cool. And I like that it, again, like, had the scream of the dead Yeah. One. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I didn't put this in our notes, but I read in the trivia that when they were designing the bear, the special effects guys were like, what should we call this bear? And a very famous bear in a movie at the time was Paddington. <laughs> so they were like, they named it after, and Paddington's named after, what's the British version of the subway? The tube the loo the tube the tube oops the loo is the bathroom they so paddington is like a stop on the subway and they named it after a really bad stop on the fucking british subway which i can't remember because they thought that was funny so they called the bear like northam or something (laughs) it's also one of those movies too that i think a lot of people read into it being more deep yeah than it actually is it's so not it's so like it's so one note uh, like when tessa thompson's character is like 
she has like the most the like funniest oh, good send off oh she, my god it's like it's like funny. yes yeah. it is it's hilarious she like um is like sitting in a field and she was had uh she's, she's like a self-harmer so she has yeah. these scars on her arms and like flowers start growing out of them and she uh which is like so tumblr by the way and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she um is like Shepard wanted to f- like fight it or she's like you oh want to fight God. it Shepard wants to like d- like discover it, it. Yeah. yeah and then and like I don't want either of those things and then she just walks away and like becomes a tree I guess the tree yeah oh my god it's crazy I was like dude why like first of all those lines were so funny. bad yes they I remember I can't remember what they exactly were but they struck me as bad because she just used like synonyms it was like Shepard wanted to fight it you want to f- yeah attack it exactly like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> oh yeah 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 not great and um kind of a shame too i think that maybe with a a woman screenwriter they could have been more interesting slash fully formed you know what i think is weird when movies don't have any humor in them like no humor yeah like our humorless well, it makes me feel like you think you're better than in us. <laughs> one thing review that we read it was like and mm-hmm. gina rodriguez as the oh uh, yeah comic relief. comic relief i was like she was just annoying she wasn't was she <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what the comic relief was yeah. like how bad the writing was that was the comic relief Binge. yeah did, did did you enjoy ex machina i did like ex machina am i saying that right or is it machina it's machina okay cool yeah Glad to check in with a friend who supports me. Um, I did like that movie too, but I do remember at the time Alex Garland, the screenwriter and director, said that Ex Machina was, quote, post-gender, unquote. He said a movie about two men basically fighting over who gets to fucking control a female android was post-gender. And it's like, dude. The movie is good, but stop pretending you've worked your way your head around Also funny that he wrote the article about asian stereotypes because didn't you say like he wrote something about no i meant i meant i read it about oh, okay. i read in an article about about him i was like asian stereotypes <laughs> about no about that movie yeah. it was actually about that movie because the the one um the one android in ex machina is asian and she's like the sexy one and she can't speak at all and she can't it's speak like at hello all. kitty yeah like Hello Kitty, yeah. Uh, Hello Kitty can't speak. She doesn't have a mouth. I thought you were the one that told me that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she's also a girl and not a cat, which no one. Oh oh that. my gosh, she's a cat. Yeah, it, it was definitely you because you know more yeah, about yeah, yeah. this than me. Yeah, it was me. It was me. That was that was news a few years ago. Um, I want to read one other thing Richard Brody said because he's just so delicious when he hates a movie. <laughs> it's fun. Um, he said, their mission begins innocuously enough, or rather it begins dully and unimaginatively. The movie's writer and director, Alex Garland, shows the women, five women from afar passing into the wavery shimmer, but there's no experiential side to their sequence. He never shows what it's like for them to enter, never shows their point of view, never shows what they see as they're crossing through to the other side. It's a mark of direct, directorial incuriosity, and it exemplifies his approach to the bulk of the film. Imagine being a director and reading that about your work. I would cry. Same. I did disagree. Richard Brody did, like, like 
get off a little bit on the ending of this movie and i'm like lol mm-hmm. no dude <laughs> it was, oh yeah like he liked yeah, it yeah he loved it and i was like <laughs> it was not great it was like a screensaver <laughs> playing for 30 minutes like do you know what i yeah. mean yeah i made this yeah. joke on instagram already but it's like a dubstep music video that's 30 minutes yeah long. and you know what's weird the rest of this soundtrack or the rest of the score is like banjo music yeah which i liked i did like that yeah it's weird that they mix the two though i don't know i guess they couldn't do like a hardcore banjo solo for the last section i don't even know if it is dubstep technically but it's just like weird electronic noises and Mm -hmm. played to the like window screensaver that of like light bouncing around and it's like i also think that the ending where you're uncertain if natalie portman or oscar isaac is an alien Mm -hmm. double Mm -hmm. is kind of a cheap way out because i feel like if the movie is at the heart about like natalie like i saw i read this one article on vulture i didn't send it to you uh where this writer compared natalie portman the whole movie as like an allegory about depression um which I thought was interesting. Her take on it was interesting and she made some good points, but I don't know if it holds up for me. But like if the if the movie is about like Natalie Portman ultimately and her character to kind of do the fake out thing at the end where it's like, is she the alien? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, then I just don't care about her character anymore. Yeah. You know, like if it, the end of the movie is going to turn on whether or not, like whether you're trying to figure out if she's a double or not, mm-hmm. it's like, then I, I don't know. I just don't care. I'm not invested. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 And the, yeah. the whole thing, you know, after I said that thing about Tessa Thompson's goodbye being like Tumblr, I'm realizing mm-hmm. like most of this movie is very Tumblr aesthetic. Is made to be gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, pretty flowers on like yeah. grungy backgrounds. And uh, like even yeah. the shimmer is like, it looks like an Music oil ring. spill like or a bubble of like, yeah. dang, this is like. Yeah. That's so funny. A joke Tim and I make a lot down here is that Houston is like Area X because it's like hot and weird and like weird insects and <laughs> plants because it's so humid. It just like thrive here. Um, yeah. Um, so men on the internet also had some crazy things to say about this. They like they disliked it for totally different reasons. <laughs> do you want to do you want to read the first yeah. one? After several, this is the first review. After Mm -hmm. several teams of Marines disappear in a forest, someone thinks it's a good idea to send in a group of young women, scientists, in quotes, with assault (laughs) rifles and no training to confront an unknown alien something or other. Just as expected, the brainless girls start fighting amongst each other, and each one wants to go her own way. How very high school is that? To rationalize sending in a team of children, Uh. Jeff Vandermeer and Alex Garland thought they better have the little girls say a few scientific type sounding words, but not too many because they're a bit hard to pronounce. This film gives the sci-fi genre a bad name. Bro, you are a misogynist. What the fuck? Also, did you pay attention to the movie? Because they established that every team has so far given into infighting and like... yeah failed at the mission every team yeah did you watch the movie yeah. <laughs> like there's literally a video like that's a, like the a crux of the movie i know he was just like women doing men's jobs i gotta post about this online <laughs> okay the other reviews i love smart sci-fi this had potential but traded it off for dot 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 what i don't even know it's kind of a chick flick horror sci-fi i thought that was a great description <laughs> chick flick horror sci-fi yeah so what do you mean by that that women are in it that makes it a chick flick i know it's like are all movies chick flicks with women we'll claim the chick flick title 
give it to yeah, us. Yeah, we should. Yeah, maybe I'll put that in our banner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's kind of a chick flick horror sci-fi. <laughs> and then the last review is, if a group of Marines or expert soldiers are constantly sent out and continuously never come back, this is in caps, why are we thinking five women? Not necessarily trained, including two scientists, one paramedic, question mark, can get the job done. This absolutely sank this movie. It's impossible to overlook this, though I tried and tried. Some of the things these characters did were simply ridiculous. No one on the planet is that brave. One takes watch a night alone while others sleep. Really? It's like, that's hard. That's the hardest part for you to understand or like grasp is that a woman would be brave enough to take watch at night. <laughs> Bro. And that happens in so many movies. Like, what the fuck? That's true, too. <laughs> like this. I. It's funny. I will. I will enjoy any movie ultimately that makes men break apart like this and get so angry. <laughs> yeah, true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sad so sad i did see one woman wrote a review that was like these women are not realistic characters one star yeah and i was like girl okay yeah <laughs> it's nice to see you in here with all these dum-dums yeah. um agree anonymous what woman. would you rate annihilation what are your final thoughts so honestly like a four Ooh. dang i know like i think i just can't get past how maybe like a five i don't know i just can't get yeah. past like how flat all the characters fall for me like i do think it's mm -hmm. an interesting idea like and yes, it's a unique agree. idea Agreed. but and it was like pretty but it was also like if a movie is trying to be serious and it makes you laugh like it's like bad that's a good point I, I will agree with you on all of those points i'd give it like a five or six i think mm -hmm. Um, I just think that visually it could have been more inventive mm -hmm. if the whole thing was supposed to be like kind of inventing these landscapes, mm -hmm. um, that are so unnatural. Um, it could have done that better. Yeah. And the flatness of the characters is something that bothered me in the book and the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's really hard to compare to the descent, which I think just hooks you in and makes you care about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. So that was Annihilation. And before we go, uh, we wanted to introduce a new segment where we'd like to spotlight women working in film. Um, as we pointed out kind of earlier and in our discussion of Annihilation and the Descent, even movies with all women casts can have extremely undiverse production teams. Um, it's important for women to be represented on screen and behind the screen, working in editing, sound mixing, production design, writing, and cinematography. Equal representation in film is not just about actresses and directors, um, mm -hmm. even though we barely have any like prominent uh, women directors anyway. Yeah. Um, so Mackenzie and I both read this article in the New York Times called uh, Wakanda for Oscar? Question mark. And it's a New York Times article by Kyle Buchanan, who's a really great a film critic, and it features the production team behind Ryan Coogler's blockbuster, Black Panther. Do you want me to read some of it? Sure. Okay. Um, should I just read that quote? Yeah, this is an excerpt okay. from the article. <laughs> Coogler, too, hmm. likes to surround himself with accomplished women, and the crew of Black Panther is unusual among blockbusters for its large number of female department heads. They include the director of photography, Rachel Morrison, and production designer, Hannah Beachler, who both worked on Coogler's first feature, Fruitvale Station, as well as Ruth E. Carter, the veteran costume designer responsible for Wakanda's striking looks. 
Ruth and Hannah yeah. are nominated for Oscars, and Rachel was the first woman ever to be nominated for cinematography last year. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy? So I would highly recommend this article. We can link to it in our show notes. Um, it's just great uh, and a great example of how, uh, you know, some um, like Ryan Kluger kind of, you know, like picks the best talent he can he can find and you know his team is filled with women yeah and it's really cool so women are talented and it's great that these women yeah and i will be rooting for these three women at the oscars Same. i like black panther a yeah. lot and i'm excited especially for... like for these things like the production design yes. and the costumes production. were amazing yeah they oh should definitely yeah. win so that's yeah they were incredible and i i was listening to another podcast called unspooled where they had this clip of ryan coogler Co- uh, talking about um like just talking about one scene in black panther where he went into such extreme details about the significance of the costumes Mm -hmm. and like lupita nyango's hair Mm -hmm. like how her hair specifically looks in every scene Mm -hmm. it was really cool that's awesome and um i like that he gives so much credit to his team because movies are not made by one person they're made by teams yeah i i listened to uh an interview with the costume designer and she mm-hmm. was like talking about how like much research she did and how like mm-hmm. she was like like all the textures and like elements that she was pulling into the costume design. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, this is so cool. That's very, very cool. So we highly recommend yes. it and uh, we'll keep doing this segment. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some shout outs before <laughs> we go. I know this has been a long episode, but we had so much to say about these movies. Um, we'd like to thank everybody who's given us a review on iTunes, but particularly Maria Paduano, who we went to college with. Thank you so much for so listening. Sweet. Such a sweet, beautiful angel girl. Yes, for real. With long, pretty <laughs> hair. Yes. And like, yeah, she looks like an angel. And kindness of heart. Yes. And, uh, yes. The next She's is, great. um... Nicole Burke, who I work with, I don't even, she'll, Thanks, pr- she probably won't listen to this because she doesn't like horror movies, but I made her write us a review anyway. And she listened to the, oh, she listened to the 2018, um, wrap up, wrap up. Oh, and cool. she really liked it. So she loves to all the awesome. boys I love before. So thanks, Nicole. She's a friend of mine then. <laughs> and also Elise Mataliano. I think I pronounced your name right. But Elise, I'm so sorry. Elise is very good friends with my sisters, so that means she's very good friends with me. And thank you so much for listening and for all your support. Um, it would really help us if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts, obviously, and we'll give you a shout out. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Ooh, also we're on Spotify now. Yeah, Spotify. Yes, please check us out. Awesome. And like mm-hmm. a bunch of other places. So you can find yeah, us pretty much like everywhere. <laughs> uh, our next episode will air on March 4th and we'll be discussing The Haunting of Deborah Logan and Paranormal Activity. Hell yeah. I could just finish it if you want. Oh, yeah, I feel like finished. you've read sorry. so much. I did. I'm so sorry. Well, I wasn't sure. Okay. Chick Flix. Okay, go. <laughs> Chick Flix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to Chick Flix. Bye. Bye. <laughs>